I'm William Davis, welcoming you to this special edition of the Craggy Rugby Podcast. Recently, John Muldoon made his 300th appearance for Connacht. And prior to that match, John kindly made time to talk to us here at Craggy Rugby. And I began by asking him, when did he discover rugby? I'm from um, just outside Pertumna, a small little village called Gertzenumra, which is obviously famous for having uh, the Cannons and the Hayes family. Um, it's uh, it's just on the hinterland um, outside Pertumna. But yeah, like you said, it, it would be very much a hurling background. Um, rugby would, they'd be small, I suppose people would support rugby but not really much rugby in the area um the school traditionally if they got enough numbers would have a team and i suppose i was quite late to rugby only picked it up at 14 my brother um decided to play the year before me um in school and they got a team together and then i started playing i'd say my first memory um would be of eric actually and um eric playing for ireland and simon gagan you see this blonde head running down the wing, but uh, Simon Gagan's uh, family are just from down the road from me, a couple of miles down the road in a place called Climber. So I think my dad had said, oh, obviously Eric's from Galway and uh, Simon Gagan, his parents were from just down the road. So uh, yeah, look, um, it wouldn't be a stronghold of, of rugby. Uh, Hurling would be still very big there, but um, Bertumna Club now and the school are trying to get back playing again. So yeah, hopefully we'll have a few more coming out over the years. So when you got the, when did you feel that you got the A, maybe to move on and play rugby at a higher level, but how did it come to you about professional sport to actually play a sport and get paid for it? Because GA, as we know, is, is, strictly, is, is yeah. strictly amateur. So was that a big culture shock to come into professional sport? Yeah, it, I suppose I started playing at 14, um, 14, 15, and it was around the time of the Lions in 97. Um, I started watching it, and that's kind of when it, when I started watching it and like started enjoying it, I suppose, more so. Um, that was, I suppose, the Lions, they're very good at hyping it up and bringing it into you, and then that video came out, Living With The Lions, and suddenly you see the environment that they have and what, I suppose, that's, um, that, that, camaraderie that they have with their teammates even though I knew that they were from a lot of different teams and um, not long after that um, a back row called Webb, Bernard Jackman and Mel Dean actually who uh, came out to Bertumna through Dahi Frawley who was involved here in the Connacht branch brought three um, players out, um, out to, to just take a coaching session and uh, Bernard obviously had connections through uh, Pertumna where his wife just lives outside uh, Pertumna and he came a couple of times to, to coaches and I suppose that's when I realised that you could play a professional rugby um, that's when I realised you could make a living out of it and um, at the time I didn't really understand the day to day how it worked but I suppose the fact that you, you, you know then at 15, 16 years of age that you can make a living out of it. That's when it first kind of came to be. Um, a few months later, I was lucky enough to, to make a couple of Connacht underage teams and then go on to play Ireland under-18s. Um, I think it was in the, the winter of, um, of 99, 2000 that year. And um, I knew then after I'd got that first taste of playing um, Robbie with Connacht and Robbie with the Irish under 18s that um, I would probably give up hurling after that um, 
I was fortunate enough to play in a county or an All Ireland minor with Galway or be involved, I should say, with an All Ireland uh, with Galway, and I knew after that that I wouldn't pick up a hurl again. When, when, when you made that decision and you came into to the setup with, with, with Connacht, was it what you expected or was it different? Yeah, obviously, you make a decision and you say, right, I'm going to give rugby a go. At the time, my goal was to try and um, make AIL. Um, at, obviously, you're talking about uh, 2000s in the early 2000s. Um, I came to college here in Galway. Uh, I was actually playing with Nina um, at the time. Club rugby in, in Munster was obviously a little bit stronger. Um, so me and my brother decided to go play club rugby around 15, 16 years of age just to get more games because obviously with the school you only got a couple of games a year and we thought oh, it'll benefit us more if we go and get um, games throughout the whole winter and it definitely did benefit us to play week in, week out but I suppose the decision to try and play rugby and give up hurling um, there was still a lot to do because obviously I wasn't involved in Connacht setups. Um, I had managed to play under um, under 18s with Ireland, but I still had to go a long way. I was fortunate enough the following year to play under 19s um, for Ireland as well. And you're still not really, um, I suppose, in the makeup. Uh, that first year that I was in college, I still wasn't in the, I suppose, the running for um, to be in the Connacht setup. And like everything else, it takes a bit, little bit of luck. Um, I was trying to stay fit for the Irish under-19s and I went up to Galwegians to play um, or to train with the, the college team up there, um, GMIT, where I was studying college. Uh, I rocked up to, to training a little bit late. I carried my boots in my hand and I jogged up to training. And I met, well, we, when we got to training, there was no one on the pitch and we met um, some random fella on the side of the pitch who turned out to be John Follin, the under-20s coach, um, he had told us that the GMIT lads only had five at training and decided to go to Flannery's bar and talk about how good uh, rugby players they were and whatever the case may be. So I was with a, a friend of mine um, and a housemate of mine who was playing in Nina at the time. We decided to, um, I said, let's go and do some sprints. And he was like, no, let's train with the Galwegians under 20s, which I wasn't too keen um, with because I was still playing with Nina. Um, we had beaten them with a second team in Nina um, at the time we were quite strong we had a good team because we'd won the, the um, actual we'd won the club All Ireland the year before um, at under 18 so we had quite a strong team um, so I wasn't too keen to play with them because they weren't that good or sorry to train with them but um, what transpired was at the time John Kingston who's now head coach of Harlequins and was head coach of Galwegians at the time happened to be there uh, saw the training and invited me and John Burke, who was with me, back down to training the following week with the Galwegian senior team. And you have to remember, at the time, Galwegians were in a semi-final against Dungannon, which was only a couple of weeks away. So to be asked to go training was a big step. Um, we got asked to train. We trained the following um, week with Eric and all the the Connacht seniors at the time then they said oh they'll be back on to us the following week they asked us to come back training and for till the end of the season um, we actually trained with the um, Galwegian senior team which was a huge experience for me at the time um, through that we ended up um, playing in the cup for Galwegians because uh, there was no Munster Cup so we weren't cup tight and we played against uh, Buccaneers here in the sports ground in a, in a final um, Buccaneers had quite a good team but with four or five 
uh, Nina players strengthening up the Weegans team who <laughs> uh, all transpired to be my housemates. Um, we bolstered the Weegans squad quite be or quite uh, quite a bit, and we ended up pushing a good Buccaneers team quite close in the final. Um, obviously Eric and a few of the senior team were here to to watch it on the day, and so was Steph Nell. Um, and through that, uh, Ray Hogan, who played here for Connacht, uh, my brother Ivan and myself all got asked to to join um, a Connacht underage development squad the following year. So there was quite a bit of luck involved with me getting into um, into the Connacht setup. And obviously, through the back of that, I signed straight away with Galwegians to play, and I uh, made my debut for the uh, the senior team a couple, a few months later. Um, this very starts. The following season in the AIL, so you're talking about um, September 2001 2002 season, so um, that was the kind of start of it all kicking off. So that's um, the end of that first year in college, um, so it would be September, uh, sorry, July 2001, summer of July 2001. That was the start of my career with Connacht. I came in here um, in what Stefanella called was the Connacht Colts um, at the time. Connacht only had 16 full-time uh, professionals and to bolster a squad and to get a bigger squad they needed more players so Steph um, decided to give 20 um, players from me being the youngest 19 up to about 23 or 24 an opportunity to train as a professional throughout the summer and then at the end of it offer out six or seven contracts at the end um, it actually turned out to be quite fruitful for Connacht because a lot of players ended up uh, making um, making de- their debuts that year and going on to play uh, senior for Connacht. Um, thankfully, I was one of them at the end of that uh, uh, the end of that two month trial, and I ended up, uh, I suppose, getting a contract from there on. You've been captain for for quite a long time. You've captained in a lot of games. Did that did that come naturally to you? Um, <clears throat> I think. I've been captain all throughout um, as a kid and stuff, and uh, look, we we all understand when you're young, um, just because you might be one of the top players in the team, or just because you, you might have a little bit more skill than everyone else, um, that person is captain when you're younger, and um, I suppose it it's different when you you get up into this environment and um, you've got to learn from people, and I'd like to think. I've learned a lot from people along the way and I've picked up stuff from people, uh, coaches, other captains. Um, I thought Craig Clark was probably one of the best captains I've worked with. Uh, When he he came in, he was a man of few words, but he was really good at hitting the nail on the head all the time. I could see after a couple of weeks why he was a a super uh, 15 winning captain Um, on two occasions. He was just very, very good at um, nailing detail and where stuff was going wrong and what to say at the right time and um, I, I learned it's an exceptional lot from him I think as you go along you you have characteristics and I see it in some of the younger fellas you have characteristics of um, of being a leader uh, some people have them naturally and others have them underneath and you should, you've got to try and find what they are and you've got to see what he's good at and then find the weaknesses of what he's not good at and what um, I suppose what you need to work on and you try and I suppose hone in on those ones that he's not so good at so that he can get better at them and that's what 
you're trying to do all the time and I've had lots of weaknesses um, down the years that people have tried to help me with some of them not so much um, I suppose you have to try and find out the hard way yourself how to deal with referees how to deal with other people and um, how to deal with um, I suppose from the big one for me was how to deal with um, frustration on my behalf I have a, I have a quick word here yeah. Sir, because every time we get in here, they're cynical. Plenty no, over there, plenty here. If you don't listen. referee it, that's no, why no, we no, take no, it into no. our own hands. No, listen, that's why no, we no, take no. it into listen our own hands. Okay. You, you, you're not you, refereeing it. Listen to me. You had your point now. You, I suggest you calm down. It was a collapse mall. He didn't have to roll away. You cannot use your foot like that. It's a yellow card. I am a very fiery person. Um, I'll be first. Um, I was going to be. I said. I was going to say. I'll be the first on your ass if you uh, make a mistake. Um, and that, in that sense, it came very natural to me. Um, but other stuff didn't come naturally. But at times, you can't give someone a bollocking, and um, you've got to deal with the situation and read how they're going as well. And if they're not going well, or if they don't take criticism, you, there's there's lots of ways to do it. In my younger days. I just would attack them verbally and just, just go at them. Um, I still do it. Um, it's still there's still place for that. But I'd like to think that I've I've matured and um, progressed in those sense. But it's it's been from learning off other people and learning off Pat, off Eric, etc., etc. And um, I'd like to think that I'm trying to help other lads who I see potential in and um, to help them work on their game as well and off off the pitches, which is huge. And um, there's a lot to be said. I, I think a good captain um, can get a lot out of players and a lot around them when things aren't going right. Have you actually gone through many different stages here in Connacht? That has the rugby culture changed as time has passed? The, the one thing about the sports ground and about Connacht is we've always had a real good culture off the pitch. We've always had a real um, buy-in from the players. Um, you have to remember, success is built on having local players who want to do well and who don't see it as a stepping stone. And you look over the last two or three, four or five years in Connacht, we're building something on the cornerstone of people who are born in this province and who don't need to leave here, who don't want to leave here, and as I said earlier, who don't see it as a stepping stone to move in somewhere else. So that's how you build it build um, the cornerstone of your pack, cornerstone of your squad, I should say. Um, if you go back 10 years ago, even six or seven years ago, you would only have a handful of people from the Connacht area, um, from other provinces and from um, other countries. That's who, who were, I suppose, the makeup of your squad. And no matter what you do and no matter how good it is, the lure of home will always... Um, take effect and we've seen lots of players who've came who've made their name in Connacht who've maybe had deficiencies in their game who've came here played games and then moved on or to other teams and some of them have been very successful others unfortunately not so but that's been based on them coming here but the lure of home and the lure of probably a bigger pay paycheck at times will always take them away so as I said the fact that if you if you have players who are from here you look at young lads coming through Sean O'Brien Caelan Blade etc etc then you get the likes of Bundy and Tom McCartney and some of those lads to buy into the culture and everything that's here they don't need to leave and we saw that with Bundy and Tom's re-signing this year and other other lads who Olton's another one 
Um, they've bought into the culture, they've bought into everything that's gone on here because of what is going on here. In the past, they were torn, but they ultimately ended up leaving. And that's the difference between now and back then. Um, we've so many young lads coming through that this is their home and they want to be successful in, in this environment. Um, in the past, that's not been the way. And the easy option was to go somewhere else. And a lot of people did. So I can understand both ways. And many of the occasion I, I left and I scratched my head walking, driving out the gate going, I've had enough, I need to go, I need to get a new challenge. But something would drag me back in, whatever it was. And um, ultimately I decided not to go. And um, it's something that I'm very, very proud of. But also, on the other hand, I would have liked to have gone somewhere else and um, I suppose experienced something else. But ultimately this is my home and um, I wanted to succeed in Connacht. I wanted to lift something over my head um, obviously a trophy I wanted to be successful in Connacht and it would have absolutely killed me if um, if Connacht had won something or been a part of something and I wasn't here and and I'm very proud of the fact that I was here when during the days that were tough and in the good days as well On Saturday 300 caps that's that's an amazing achievement and it's something um, it's going to be a great atmosphere here how, how do you how, how do you can you see how you got from where you started to w- to where it is now, or, or has it just happened, or has it be- has it just rolled along? My goal when I came to Galway in two thousand for college was to try and play IEL, to try and try and play for Galwegians. Then suddenly you you get closer to that Galwegians uh, team, and then you start thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great to play for Connacht? Um, I got offered my first contract in two thousand and three, the summer of two thousand and three, and. I, I did the risky thing of giving up college and, and jumping two feet into it. Um, I played four games that year and on the the week after my fourth game I played for Galwegians and got a bad ankle injury and I thought, oh, that's me done. I'm, I'm not going to get renewed. I've only played four times. I, I think I was the, the least capped forward in the group that season. Obviously, I was the youngest, but I was still the least capped. I thought, oh, that's it. And... Suddenly, the following year, um, you get a contract the following year. There's a couple of injuries in the background. I'm just back from an an- my ankle injury five, six months later, and um, the pre-season is finishing up, and two or three of the lads have gone down with a few injuries, and suddenly the first game rolls along, and I'm starting, and I'm thinking, God, this is great. I didn't come through the normal pathway, so I only had a, a year, a year and a half of gym work behind me. I was still quite small and light, um, but yeah, it's uh, it turned out to be someone's misfortune. I I got to play the first game of the season here. I think I played sixteen or twenty odd games that year, which I didn't think I would. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of every time I suppose you you pull on the jersey and you achieve something, you, you dream that little bit bigger. And um, I've been a an advocate of setting goals all my life. Um, as I said earlier, I set the goal to try and play for Galwegians and once I clicked that off, I wanted to go higher and do something better and um, got my first cap for Connacht and I wanted to be a starter for Connacht. Um, I think I was 21 or 22 years of age and like every great idea, I was having a point one night with one of my good friends and um, who happened to um, be on that Nina underage team with me and like everything else, over a point, you think you're, you start getting a bit brave, and you start thinking, yeah, yeah, we, we need to, um, we need to start thinking about bigger and better things, and like 
being better players for Connacht the following week the two of us got dropped <laughs> but anyway um, yeah look we were I suppose our thought process at the time was weren't, we've got to start thinking bigger not about just making the team every week we've got to start being the better players on the pitch every week and um, I suppose our thought at the, at the time were, were even though we're 21, 22, 23 whatever we were we've got to start thinking like senior players now because we were quite a young team but yeah, I think as the see as the years kind of rolled on, I started taking more um, responsibility and trying to take more responsibility and trying to look up um, and I suppose trying to ask more of myself. And then when when I felt I was asking a lot of myself, I started asking a lot of other people around me. Um, I think that was the big thing for me, is to realise that if we start asking more questions of the players around you we can get somewhere with Connacht um, and I suppose that comes with a bit of maturity and um, I probably that was around the time I was made captain as well or just a little bit before that I started asking people around me to, to for more and to play better and that probably led me getting to captaincy which ultimately probably came a year or two too young for me I was 24 years of age captain of the province it was probably a little bit too soon but at the same time it gave me um uh, it gave me a lot of food for thought and it it Im- definitely improved me um further down the line but it, it probably did come a year or two too young um but it, it certainly helped me i think in the last few years it definitely helped me but yeah i think the trip being honest the 300 caps and um i think it's uh, i'm not 100 percent sure it's the 14 seasons i've played I find it hard to believe. I, I actually, when I say 14 years I've been here, I, I sometimes have to check and go, hold on a second. And uh, I have to start questioning my math teachers when I was younger, when I start going, Jesus, am I here 14 years? And it's just flown by. Um, it has honestly flown by. And to think 300 caps, that when you're, you're going out with a goal of one and then at the end of your first season you get four, you never really dream of getting 300. But... Yeah, it's, it's here. Um, yeah, look, I, I find my I've, I find myself very fortunate to be in this position. Um, it it's it's a tough life in terms of the sacrifices the people around you have to make and the sacrifices you have to make, um, and especially for the people around you, that your loved ones and your family, you miss a lot. Um, like throughout all the years of playing. Um, you miss weddings, funerals, um, birthdays, anniversaries. You, you miss a lot of, I suppose, family things and um, which are important to a lot of people. And you, you, you unfortunately have to get used to turning um, and turning things down and letting people down. But on the other side of it, you get a lifestyle and you get an environment to be in um, which can't be beaten. And if to re- to rewind the clock and to to if I was nineteen or twenty and got offered the same position again, I'd jump two two feet into it. Um, I've been afforded to go and to meet and to be involved with some very very special people, and people that you can always um, rely on to have a drink with, sit down, have a chat with, and um, afforded a lot of opportunities and to visit nice places. Um, we were in Russia last year, the year before, and uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I ran to Pat um, a couple of weeks before the game and said, "Oh, I want to come to Russia." 
and he known that he would make try and make a few changes and even the week before I played um, whatever game we played and I went straight up to Pat after the game I wanted to play in Russia um, just to experience something different and to, to be part of something different <laughs> Побежал по диагонали, и тут Алексей Щерба не успел его таки накрыть, но атака продолжилась, и Джон Малдун. Pro 12 last year is, 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 is a pinnacle for Connacht supporters, people who talk about the game, report on the game. What did it, what did it mean to you individually, and then how did, it, did that work into the team structure? I think the the way things were going, um, Pat came in. He he had a very, I suppose, clear uh, picture of the way he wanted to play. Um, it's obvious now for anyone who who knows Connacht Robbie's Pat or past that the way Pat wanted to play, um, we weren't able to play that. So it took a while to get to those, um, I suppose, get to the way and get to that path of what he wanted us. Um, it's obviously a high skill, high intensity based game, and we just had to, I suppose, work hard on our game to get there. Once we got there, the ability, we knew that we had the ability, and we knew, I suppose, someone like Matt Healy, Neasy, Turnin, we see it all the time in training. And at times, the crowd and, um, I suppose, our supporters didn't always see the ability that those lads had. And I suppose you work to your strengths and some of the lads the back line are um, phenomenal athletes phenomenal speed and we just worked the ball to them and tried to get them in space and the game worked brilliantly and the more and more we or the more high skilled we got the better the game got for them and obviously teams adapt and try and stop you and do whatever else but um, this time last year we were in such a good place and skill level and I think the big thing is form level of a lot of players was so high. Unfortunately, this year we've just had so many injuries and players dipping in and out of form. Like Tom McCartney is a great example. Um, he was really hitting his form and he's just after getting injured again. So that's um, it happens. But I think the, the big thing was last year everyone was in such good form. We didn't have too many injuries. Our squad was flying um, and confidence was with us at a huge level. And overall skill and ability was at a huge level which was um which is a big thing and um, it's easy to say this now going into that final last year i, I never for one uh, minute thought we weren't going to lose never entered my head just the way we were playing and the confidence and i suppose the confidence in everyone around us was huge and um, we were training we were playing at a level that i felt no team in this league was able to match and ultimately we got to that um and unfortunately, we just haven't hit that for whatever reasons this year. And um, hopefully, we'll get back there. But yeah, look, I, um, it was. I think it was some journey, some journey for me to be on, some journey for all the players, and some journey for the fans. Um, it's funny because the amount of people that say to me, oh, "I've been at Connacht games when there was four hundred people," if everyone that told me that. Uh, turned up to Connacht games they would have been sold out years ago because the amount of people that say oh geez I was here when there was no one here but um, there was a lot of people uh, I don't know where they were but there was um, look you just have to look at the crowd and um, they've, in fairness to them they've been 
brilliant this season when some of the results haven't gone the way they keep coming back to us and they keep believing in us which which is great for us to see and um, hopefully we we can repay that but um, we want more days like last year um, I I sit down every now and again and it just enters my head I, I said to some of the lads the other day we were it was a wet windy day and we were just about to go onto the pitch for our second uh, pitch session of the day and um, a few of the lads weren't feeling too good and looking out at the weather going oh god and uh, I just said to one of the lads I wouldn't mind rewinding now till two minutes ago on the um, <clears throat> in the in the final in Edinburgh as I go on just to, to relive those couple of days again it was phenomenal amount of Connacht supporters the, just the buzz around the place and it started from early that morning um, I've said it uh, a couple of t- times in interviews the feeling we got as the bus drove into uh, to Murrayfield and just the fans the way they had um, I suppose the only way to explain it to, to people at home is that uh, the bus pulled up um, and there's there's a stairway up uh, like a swirling stairway up the whole way up to um, the top of the stand in, in Edinburgh and uh, the Connacht fans had I suppose positioned themselves all along the side of the bus um, and all the way up along on the steps and so you can imagine when we pulled in and you look up and you see all these flags and um, I suppose all the, the people that we know and faces we know and um, all of them cheering Connacht and it was very very emotional even though thinking about it, just, I've got the hair on the back of my neck. It was very, very emotional. Um, so it was, yeah, look, it was, it was a phenomenal day. And, um, it was a phenomenal way to end the season that was, that was just perfect, I suppose, in a, in a lot of ways. And yeah, look, it's, um, it's something we all dream about as kids. Something that we all, um, we always say um, to each other before you leave onto a pitch you, you want to be involved in days like that and uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when uh, the lads were all sitting and I have to admit myself I wasn't looking forward too well to walking out onto the, the, the pitch when it was um, the rain was going sideways and I just said oh there's, there's only one way to get back onto that pitch in Edinburgh is uh, to go out and train so uh, you had your, your minute of nostalgia to try and be back but yeah, to put it back into perspective and get out on the pitch and train and that's what it's all about. You go out every day and try and be better and try and get back to days like that. <laughs> call me greedy or call me whatever else. I love being part of the environment I love being part of everything that goes on involved in, in professional rugby and just the, like I suppose everything that goes involved in the changes in the game and um, I like information I like taking it in I wasn't a very diligent student when I was in school or college but that's changed because I enjoy what I do I enjoy watching rugby matches I enjoy going to rugby matches I enjoy um, I suppose the, the probably lads around me don't enjoy it I enjoy knowing that they've done something wrong and telling them straight away but at the same time uh, they'll tell me and I'll take it on the chin as well um, but yeah look I enjoy everything that, that comes around and I get excited about coming back in training um, at the end of last season we, I lifted a cup above my head and I was very very proud to do it um, for everyone that has gone past and everyone that's gone through Connacht Rugby and um, 
that week leading up to it, I was very conscious of the fact that potentially I was going to be in a very, very um, nice position to do that. And um, I know this sounds very cheesy, but I was very conscious of the people that had given an awful lot towards Connacht. Um, Jerry Kelly, our old CEO, Eric Swifty, and the names and the lists of people go down along who I've been involved with and played, who've worked here, who've cleaned the changing rooms, who've um, Dave and John and all the lads who've done everything here. And I was very conscious that that trophy was hard work for everyone in the domestic game and everything. And I was very, very proud of that. And um, it was funny because you sit back on the Monday or Tuesday after you win it and you think, how how will you um, have the motivation to come back in um, next year and have the hunger to do it? And um, we had a few of the lads here who got married uh, in in the summer and uh, last summer after the, the final. And <laughs> we happened to be over in Portugal, I think nine days after it. And I got up the morning of the wedding, which was a Wednesday. So it'll be the Wednesday week after the final last year. And I got up the morning of the wedding and... Uh, Lorna um, looked at me and she's like, where are you off to? And I was like, going, oh, no, I'm going running. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I need to get back into shape. I'm sick of just sitting around doing nothing. I was like, gone, the final's over now. I need to get back ready for next year. And that was, that was my week and whatever, two days off. I was going, right, the fire is still ready to burn for next year. And look, um, I enjoy it. It's, as I said, it's afforded me this... Connacht Rugby's afforded me a lot of great opportunities and um, while 300 caps is, is amazing um, they've given me the I suppose the, the, the playing pitch to be there and the, the support to get there and um, I thank everyone for coming to, to support me out, me and the team throughout the last few years and hopefully we'll have another um, and more successful seasons ahead with them without me Followed by Tom McCartney, Ronan Lockney, Kieran Marmion. Came over here to join the academy. Lockray granddad, making Connacht an ideal destination. Finley Beelham came over from Australia to Ulster first and then the Connacht Academy. Matt Healy, what a season that man has got. Up on 10 tries now after today. Alton Delan, what a game he had. How many tackles did he make? How did he come back from that head? What a try. Niadi Olokan. What a try in the first half. We'll never forget it. Dave Heffernan. Rock solid. Bontiaki. Need I say anything else? AJ McGinty. John Muldoon. Lovely to see all the wider squad and the uh, coaching staff all just stepping in at the back of the group here. It's wonderful for the folks at home if they could see this. Here we go. Here we go. The trophy's about to be lifted. Great.